Welcome back to more of Nighttime Live. You're on the Mighty 790 KFGO and KFGO.com. Sophie Egan is our special guest tonight. She is a Stanford lecturer and New York Times contributor, and she has also written several books. And she works at the Culinary Institute of America and uh, now her own agency. And uh, we're talking about some of the great foods preparations, how to be a conscious eater is the name of her new book, Making Food Choices That Are Good For You, Others, and the Planet. And Sophie, thank you for joining us in Fargo here on KFGO. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, i got to ask you, this time we're in right now with this, with this coronavirus going on, I mean, this book couldn't come in uh, more handily because there are a lot of different choices people have to make at the grocery store if they got to get uh, you know stuck in for two, two or three weeks. That's right. I mean, certainly never would hope uh, could or could have imagined the situation, but it is, uh, as I say, a time to eat Corona consciously. Um, How to be a conscious eater is meant to be a guide for the long haul. But especially now, as you said, people are in many ways paying more attention than ever before. Uh, It's it's putting together a healthy pantry. It's keeping our immune immune systems thriving and feeding our families. Some of us are spending more time with our families, perhaps, than all of us used to be eating at at various places. Uh, So there's all kinds of reasons. And also using our delivery and takeout uh, when possible to support restaurants uh, who are also really in a hard spot right now. So definitely of relevance, uh, still possible and ever important to eat in ways that are good for you, for others, the food and animals uh, excuse me, the food animals and the people all throughout the food system, as well as in uh, food choices that are good for the planet. Uh, I noticed uh, you had a qu- you, you stated about why you wrote the book. Eight out of 10 Americans are confused about what to eat. I have to tell you, I'm one of those eight. Okay. <laughs> people tell me what to eat. I should try this. I just should try that. I get so confused. But the portions that I've read of your book, uh, you've got a pretty good, uh, you give the pretty good uh, straight line about about all those questions that people might have. Well, thank you for that. that that's definitely the goal of the book is to address that confusion and the, the, the doubt that it causes people to really doubt their choices. And uh, my my reason for writing the book was to empower people. Uh, Food is supposed to be about joy and deliciousness and nurturing ourselves uh, and also a a really exciting vehicle and opportunity for uh, expressing our values. You may hear the term vote with your fork or vote with your grocery basket. This is a way to to sort of express your identity as well. And and food also connects us to people. So it's such a, a bummer when food just becomes this giant headache uh, because of all the, the information overload, the misinformation, the marketing claims. And that's really what the, the book uh, aims to do is provide those prescription lenses um, so that uh, eaters uh, across the spectrum, how consciously they are or not, um, but really to equip all of us to navigate that complexity and see straight uh, as we're making food choices that we can really feel good about. As as I was going through the book, I noticed uh, there were we, up here in in North Dakota. We talk a lot about uh, the uh, country of origin labeling, but there are a mm. number of labels that you put mm. out that you have described uh, concerning the uh, the the produce, any type of food that we may buy. How important is that to look at those labels that people they, they're they're just not sticking it on for their health or make it look look pretty. <laughs> Sometimes the uh, packages remind me of those old suitcases with all the little stickers of all the places you travel, <laughs> right? Um, and and it, it's true. I mean, there's so much. Um, I, I really think of the front of food packages now as kind of the billboards. Um, but 
in general, it's hard to know which stickers to pay attention to, which ones have meaning, which ones don't. So I provide a whole guide to reading food labels in, in the book. But long story short is that the nutritional information, really the question of how valuable is this product for me uh, from a health standpoint, that's almost entirely just on two parts, the nutrition facts panel and the ingredients list. Those are usually the boring black and white parts on the side or on the back. Um, and you really want to, you know, there's some, some shorthands for looking for uh, few ingredients, clean labels as much as possible, whole foods as the first ingredient, something healthy, something you recognize, and then keeping added sugar and, and sodium and, and saturated fat uh, as low as possible in the nutrition facts panel. But in terms of all those other claims and so forth, some of them really are rigorous. Uh, you have third-party certifications like organic, which have really good standards. Uh, fair trade and other uh, other third-party certifications, but then you have some that really don't mean anything, like all natural. Uh, so it it can be tough to know which ones to pay attention to. But generally speaking, if you if you kind of think about a three-part approach of how valuable is this food itself, uh, the food in the package, and then what are the words on the package, and then don't forget that third part of the food, uh, the packaging itself. Um, because you really have a, a crisis going on as well from an environmental standpoint around all the single-use plastics and packaging involved uh, in food as well. When you, when you talk about all that, the plastics and all that kind of stuff, I mean, this is not only about conscious eating, but it's about conscious, uh, conscious being good to earth, for lack of a better term, in your, in your book as well. That's right. And, and I think a lot of us don't think about the entire cycle. So, you know, it's, it's maybe increasingly uh, part of our awareness or our consciousness of where is your food come from, but also how is it produced? What, is the, uh, what are the agricultural methods? How did it leave the soil? Um, how did it affect the, the, the ecosystems surrounding the farms or how much emissions are associated with different products? Uh, there are huge opportunities to actually use our food choices as a, a force for, for uh, climate action when it comes to um, eating mostly um, plant-based foods, especially not having to be vegetarian or vegan by any stretch, um, but generally speaking, the foods that are best for us and the planet tend to come from the ground. Um, and then also really thinking about avoiding waste as much as possible. Those two things are huge um, in terms of their ability to actually make a meaningful dent in reversing global warming. And that's something I think a lot of people don't often think about as much as they might think of transportation or uh, you know solar panels and, and renewable energy. But actually, food choices are a really um, huge opportunity uh, to come together, especially as a global community and now inspired by perhaps the interdependence we're seeing with coronavirus. Uh, to make a meaningful shift uh, in our habits that can that can really help uh, uh, flatten that curve, uh, if you will, uh, with respect to rising temperatures. Sophie Egan is our special guest tonight here on KFGO. Her book is How to Be a Conscious Eater, Making Good Food Choices That Are Good for You, Others, and Also the Planet. I have noticed in my, as, I, as I'm getting older that uh, the red meat has gotten less and less in my diet. I'm switching to chicken. I'm doing a lot of fish. Mm. But how important is that to, uh, can, can we still keep uh, some red meat? In, in, you know, is it an old wives' tale that red meat's not the best for you? That's not an old wives' tale. Um, red, white, red meat is actually um, reducing the amount of red meat in our diets is 
arguably one of the most important and sort of the flip side of that plant-rich diets piece that I mentioned. Um, it has by far the biggest environmental impact. And from a health standpoint, um, it is really tied to very clear scientific consensus that it's tied to a host of chronic diseases. So hats off to you. And, and you mentioned, you know, trading down to chicken. That is actually poultry has a much lower environmental imprint um, as well as a lower uh, risk profile in terms of uh, our health and longevity. So that's a great step in the right direction. And it, again, doesn't mean you have to never eat uh, red meat, but uh, I suggest a, a less first less than better approach. So generally reducing to about a, uh, the equivalent of a burger per week, that's about half what most people are eating right now. Uh, and then when you are eating red meat, making sure it's from the most sustainably raised um, and humanely raised sources uh, of meat possible. All right. Any tips on buying produce? There's so much out there right now. Any, any tips you can give us? Absolutely. A couple things. Uh, seasonal when possible, that also will help your budget, which of course is certainly relevant now and going uh, forward throughout the rest of this year during this economic time. Um, organic when you can afford it and increasingly regenerative, which is actually really tied to increasing the soil health. Uh, it doesn't have to mean that you always eat organic um, and organic or not overall, just eat lots and lots of fruits and vegetables. Um, produce is it's the uh, part of the, goal of this book is it's radically practical and it, it is trying to rearm us with some of that common sense uh, knowledge, which is that we know we should eat our fruits and veggies and they are delicious. Um, eating diversity also is really important. Um, so it can be easy to get into a rut. Maybe this is a time for some new habits. Um, and then lastly, I would just say on, on produce is that, um, you know, another great way from an affordability standpoint is to opt for frozen or, or canned, you know, if it doesn't have added sugar and dried fruits. It also lasts a long mm. time in the pantry. Very good. Very good. A couple more quick questions. Uh, you mentioned uh, sell-by dates. Uh, how closely should we go by those? Not too closely. <laughs> Basically, sell-by dates are not uh, about food safety. They are about quality. And this is a source of huge confusion in uh, the U.S. There's legislation underway to create just a two-label scheme, which would really simplify this for all of us. But the vast majority of the time, uh, you can actually enjoy foods well past the sell-by date. In other cases, actually, the food may go bad before the date uh, because, again, it, it's really not standardized. So essentially what you got to do, rely on your, your common sense. Do you see mold? Does it smell off? things like that, and then know which foods really to be a little bit more vigilant about. So deli meats, for example, uh, can actually harbor listeria, which is something to be a little bit more concerned about. Most of the time, though, you can cut off the mold or, uh, you know, if it's on the cheese or the bread, and you can actually save the rest of it. So there's a lot of ways you can uh, minimize waste, uh, but above all, sell-by is uh, very confusing, and not, not, not only for you, but until legislation clears that up, uh, we've got to rely on some kind of tricks and tips from from sources like savethefood.com. Okay, Sophie, my final question. I'm going to a restaurant. You mentioned uh, ask for meats served without antibiotics. I'm too chicken to ask a waiter. Does this, does this mean to have antibiotics? Is, <laughs> do a lot of waiters get that kind of question? <laughs> I hope more waiters do get that question. It may be, seem like something odd to ask, right? But the more that consumers are, are speaking up, they're asking those questions, the more transparency uh, chain restaurants and other restaurants, anyone providing us with food will feel compelled to provide. And so Consumer Reports actually has an antibiotic scorecard where if you didn't want, if you felt too uncomfortable asking, you can do your research ahead of time and you can find out which chains uh, actually do have um, antibiotic-free meats. Uh, Chipotle and Panera have been at the top of the heap for a long time. You can see the whole breakdown. Uh, and, and the more that we are asking, as I said, it's your right to know what's in your food. And uh, antibiotics 
uh, in the meat supply, or antibiotics certainly do not belong in the meat supply. And by the way, folks, in this book, uh, what I found fascinating was the 10 sources you trust and also this glossary. We see so many initials on some of our food products and, and things, uh, the, but there's a whole glossary where uh, Sophie describes about, about uh, what those uh, initials stand for that we may not know about. I know we've, we've run out of time here, Sophie, but how do we find how to be a conscious eater? Where do we get this at? Great. Yeah. My website, sophieegan.com. That's S-O-P-H-I-E-E-G-A-N.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. That's Sophie Egan M as in Mary. And I'll be sharing all kinds of tips and tricks for eating consciously now and into the future. All right. And by the way, her biography, by the way, folks, that, that it reads like a novel in itself that's so long. <laughs> Congratulations, Sophie, on this book. And I hope to talk to you again sometime now in the future. Thank you so much. Me too. Sophie Egan, everybody. You too now. Stay safe. Sophie Egan here on the Mighty 790 KFGO.